Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster. Drag racing, I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today's episode number 64. It is the second week of March 2021, and I am in a really good mood. I just got back from what is fast becoming the motherland of drag racing in early March, i.e. the state of Florida. Um, There was lots of great racing going on this week in Florida. First off, the NMRA in Bradenton gets fired up there. Uh, The pro winter warm-up at Palm Beach International Raceway did their thing, get the pros off to their fast start. And then in Orlando, there was the SeaTech Manufacturing World Door Slammer Nationals. That, uh, that event was unbelievable. And then, of course, the Baby Gators in Gainesville for the NHRA action. So I was lucky enough to catch the Pro Winter Warm-Up and the World Door Slammer Nationals. Uh, but for drag racers, there was not a better state in the union to be in the first week of March than Florida. No question. Um, really, really great stuff. I highly encourage anyone to uh, wants to take a little spring break to do that. I had an absolute blast and got a sunburn in the process. So very, very nicely done on my part. Congrats to me for that. Um, I also hit uh, the Don Garlitz Drag Racing Museum. That did not disappoint. Uh, so do that if you've never done before. I, To be fair, I was not expecting um, as an amazing of a place as what it actually was. So, um, you know, I had to catch a plane or they probably would have had to kick me out of there at the end of the day. So uh, good, good, good stuff there. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But there is... A lot to cover in this episode. Um, we've got a great guest and we've got some unbelievable information we've got to cover because a lot went down in the last week. So um, we're going to have Derek Brown, a stand up or stand out top sportsman racer from North Carolina, on for you. And um, I can't wait to have him on and talk about all the things that happened this week. So let's get to doing. Whatever it is you do while you listen to the show, make your commute, clean your shop, work on that old heap, but metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. Um, And the big news this week is that there was a lot of good news for us in the racing world. It was a very, very positive week in drag racing, and I'm going to cover just the highlights. We talked about how the season is ripping right now, uh, but but there were three things that really stood out to me, and I I just got to cover them right now. So first of all, first of all, Dom Lagana, um, as you know, We reported this in the fall. Um, Don Lagama had a serious auto accident after a race in Indianapolis. Uh, Putting it bluntly, early reports from that crash did not indicate that Dom would likely live, let alone move under his own power again. Um, And for those of you that knew him and have watched his recovery, it has been remarkable in the best way possible. So seeing him on the starting line at Palm Beach International Raceway for the winter warm-up was outstanding. Uh, God is good. The doctors have done some mind-blowing work. And then Dom's competitive spirit is absolutely shining. So congrats um, and welcome back to the track, Dom Lagana. I know he was um, excited to be there and uh, all his uh, family and friends were fired up to get him out on the track again where he, uh, you know, really needs to be so that that was really good stuff in my opinion secondly the pri show announced this week that they are going to be back as a live event in 2021 this year in indianapolis and it is going to be 
like it was in 2019. So I don't know what the protocols actually will be, uh, but Indy, I can say this, is opening back up, uh, certainly with the NCAA tournament being hosted here. The entire NCAA tournament is being hosted in Indianapolis. And by the time PRI comes around uh, in early December, the city will have this system down. It's what they do, uh, getting events and big conferences in the city is a big, big deal to the city, and they do it very, very well. Um, so it'll be back to normal. It'll be back to the fantastic experience. And I know, I know there are people out there that are saying it should be held in warmer weather. I'm telling you, if you've not been, it is easy to navigate. You stay inside for the most part, and there is no city that embraces PRI quite like Indy does. So I am really excited to have that thing back to normal. Um, you know, whether we were, have to wear a face mask, all that stuff, I do not know. Um, uh, there's a lot of time between here and now, but it is big news that PRI is back to a live event and not virtual um, like we tried to do last year. So I think that is really, really good news. The other thing that I think was really big for all of us really this, this past week was the Midwest Drag Racing Series announced that they have a TV package for this year with MAV TV. Uh, this can only help the series, it can only help the racers, and it can only help the sport as we continue to work uh, to get eyeballs on the sport. So this is a big deal. Um, every event of this year in that series will be um will be presented on MAV TV. Now, I don't know exactly how the TV package will work, but my guess is that uh, top sportsmen and top dragster will not have a better chance of being on TV than with the Midwest Drag Racing Series. Uh, the way I understand it is that MAV TV will live stream the event and then do some editing to produce a TV show of the event at a later date. Um, so I think that's very good for every single one of us. First of all, uh, for those that that like to allow family, friends, and people who just cannot travel to the event to see the action live, that's great. So there'll be a live stream that way. And then, um, you know, there will be some attention paid to, to um, you know, Top Sportsman, Top Dragster, and our classes on a TV show that is not on the internet. So, so that's really great stuff. So nicely done, Keith Haney and the crew at Midwest Drag Racing Series for continuing to move that series forward and putting that on TV, on MAV TV. All right, let's put this thing in the beams. Let's stage it up. Presented by thisisbracketracing.com. On with us now. From Winston-Salem, North Carolina, he's a two-time PDRA Top Sportsman Elite winner. He's a former Baby Gator Top Sportsman Wally holder, and he's the winner of the 2021 Door Slammer Nationals Top Sportsman class. Welcome to the show, Derek Brown. Derek, how are you today, my man? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm not as good as you, though. Um... I didn't. Uh, I didn't win the World Door Slammer Nationals. So uh, I mean, that is uh, how I'd like to roll. But you claimed the championship. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And nicely done, my man. I, I was able to watch that uh, all weekend long, and you absolutely killed it. That door, that door car was running great for you. But let's go way back. Let's talk about how you got started in this sport and uh, what got you to the point where you're at right now. Well, I grew up around the track uh, in Virginia, where I'm originally from, uh, Suffolk Raceway. That's where I started. and I never raced there, uh, but I always went there. My dad raced there. Uh, you know, my cousins raced there and everything. And then I moved up to Virginia Motorsports, you know, when, that, when Suffolk closed. Virginia Motorsports open, and so, you know, and then plus my dad, you know, he done a little street racing with everybody else, and I used to go out there, I was a, out there as I was a little boy, and watch, stand on the side of the road and watch that, so, you know, I've probably been doing it since I was five years old, but I only been in racing probably about, maybe about 10 or 12 years, somewhere around there, 
Okay. Racing. So what was the first car you got behind then and went down the track in? Uh, it was a 97 S10. Okay. Uh, ran about seven, ran about seven fifties. Uh, I had it for a while and I finally, it was in Virginia and I finally bought it to Winston-Salem and I started doing little things to it, got it right. And I started running that. And from there, every year it seemed like I went faster and faster and faster. I just, I just wasn't never, I wasn't never satisfied just going that slow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it's every year I don't went faster and faster. I just, maybe one day I get to where I, I don't want to go no faster. I mean, every year I'm trying to go faster. Right. Over this year, I just stay about where I'm at right now. Well, uh, we, you can't go much faster in this class, so and we'll get there. Uh, we'll get <laughs> no, there in a minute. <laughs> uh, we'll get there in a minute. But uh, yeah, you you are going. You're right up against the six ten index right now where you're at. So, um, but let's let's uh, talk about that a little bit. So, um, tell us a little bit about your car and um, you know how you get down the track. Well, this car is a 2014. Uh, Todd Beavis built this car when he used to work for Victor Kaznazi. Um So it's, it's really it's a pro-stock car, old pro-stock car with a 105-inch wheelbase uh, with a, a Pro-Line 481X, um, you know, freshened by Wilkinson Racing Engines. Okay. Uh, and um, let me see. This car, I think, Eric or Dave Conley used to drive this car, drive the chassis. They didn't drive it with that body on there, but uh, they drove that car, and then they put the Camaro body on it, Victor and Todd did, and it just sat in their shop for a while, and then I got in touch with him to uh, to purchase this car, and then from that, then on, that's, that's what I've been driving, you know, yeah. unless I do some bracket racing or my pro-star truck I used to have. Gotcha. So, but uh, but that car's got some pedigree then. So it it wants to go and it wants to get in the winter circle. Oh yes, oh yes, it does. I mean, the car does good. It handles good. I mean, it goes straight down the track, no problem. Yeah, and if I remember right, you were a nitrous guy for a long time. What uh, what prompted you to switch to the Pro Charger? And um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, <laughs> combo. You're gonna think I'm you're gonna think I'm crazy, but. With the nitrous, I got tired of, you know, getting out of the lanes. If it was cold, you got to be bringing all the stuff up to heat up the bottles. And then uh, you could get to where you forget. And I forgot a couple of times, left the bottle heat on. And I just said, well, I don't really want to run nitrous no more. And, and I seen somebody with the, the Pro Charger combination, um, oh, Lester Johnson. Okay. And I've been watching him, watching him, and talking to him. And I finally made that move. I didn't have the same motor he had. I just had a Chevrolet block where he, right then he had a Hemi. And I talked to him a lot about it. And I finally made the move to do that. And uh, I love it. I mean, I, I'm probably going to go another way besides this. I mean, I wouldn't even mind just regular bracket racing with, with a Pro Charger. I like going fast. But this, uh, I love this Pro Charger. I mean, you can't beat it. It's, I mean, it's some power. It got some power and it loves cool air. Right, right. Well, you're speaking to my heart right there, making your life easier. That's that's all I try to do, Derek. Is just try to make my life a little bit easier. That's that's all I try to do. So that makes perfect sense to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes. All I got to do sense. is take it up the lane, start it up. I don't have to carry no extra generator or anything. Worry about no nitrous. All I got to worry about is pro charge. That's it. I yeah, don't have to worry about no nitrous at all. Heat no bottles up or. I mean, not not to say this can't this pro charger won't backfire on you, but I mean, like a nice wheel. But uh, like I said, I I won't go nowhere else. But pro charger, I love this pro charger. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Well, it's been good to you, um, as evidence what happened this weekend. Um, you mentioned that yes. four, that 481X too. Um, how long you had that, and and uh, what uh, have you done with that? I got that last year. Okay, let me tell you how it worked out. I had another Chevrolet motor in there that around the same time last year, and the motor just messed up. I went from um, I went from Orlando over here and came over here and had one qualifier shot, and I went right in here and went number two qualifier, but the motor was done. Oil was everywhere, so I, I was real disgusted because then the next week was the big Gators. We ran the top dragster. 
but I, I couldn't even run. My motor was done. So I went down and got Justin else for monitoring. I said, man, can you come down here and look at this, see what we can do? And he told me what he could, you know, what we could do. And we was going to do it on that Chevrolet motor, put fuel injection on it. But um, I seen on Facebook a guy had a, a 481X. I started asking questions about it. He wanted, you know, it was a good price on it. Uh, he had been foiled with it, Jeff Shaver, and yep. talked to him, went and got that, uh, and left her, put put it right down that Camaro. I had to do a couple of things to make it fit in there because I put a, a F-136 uh, on there, and that was a little different than the other one that I had, just an F-112. And I put that thing in there, and we had a couple of little problems. We had to, you know, work some things out, and Anthony Lum that was toning it, he likes to take baby steps, which I like that. He took baby stuff with it, with that thing, and, man, now he got it fly. He just didn't go out and try to hit a home run. He took baby steps with it and and got me to where, I, like I said, I've been 379 with that, with that right there in good air and, right. and pretty heavy, too. Yeah. How much does the car weigh, Derek? Uh, well, we're going across the scales now. We're at 2620. Okay. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, you, you're moving for that, for that weight. That's uh, – it's impressive, but I mean, I I will tell you, I watched it all all weekend long, and that thing was the. Uh, I mean, it was just bad all weekend long. Um, now I know you got a little help. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, tell us a little about your crew and who helps you. You know, maybe from a financial standpoint or uh, you know your sponsor standpoint. Who's all Who's all involved well, in making right, this thing work? Well, as far as uh, I, mean, I, I foot everything myself, but I, I have people that help out, like modern. I mean, modern racing. I mean been real real good to me uh anthony lum which he tones it and he helps uh my cousin tones it too wham brown that uh he was driving the top dragster but he tones it too because anthony was tuning alice lofton's car so he couldn't be down there so once we set thing tuned in it was no bunch of switching only thing we had to switch was just to slow it down <laughs> to keep it to slow it down to, right. to keep it running on, on the number but uh i got also tj royce my dad and Boris, all here. I mean, they all got, everybody got a part on the team they do. You know, my mom supports me. She's my biggest fan. She supports me from the house, you know, and she comes when she can. But uh, I got Hoosier tie, which, man, them, them tires right there, I, you can't beat them with, on this car, you can't, you can't beat them on this car. I got uh, Adam with PR, PRS, the, uh, um, the shocks. And I'm going to tell you a funny thing about my shocks. Yeah. I don't know if you was watching. But he was, he was watching. And I just have forgot, this is a mistake I've been making from last year to this year. Um, I wasn't cutting the shocks on. And I, and I noticed I was looking at the Pro Mod the other day. When I was sitting there, I said, wait a minute. I went back to the car and looked. I was never cutting the shocks on activating. That's why the car would go, was leaving, was trying to tie shape, and it was going left. I cut the shocks on, activated the shocks on the next run. Straight down the track, no tie shake or nothing. So that was my fault, but... Uh, you know, PRS um, does my shocks. Uh, yeah, they all your proline motor. You know, everybody that lines up against you now is uh, is like, man, Derek's been doing this uh, with one hand tied behind his back. Now he's now he's ready to roll. We are all in trouble. Well, I tell you, it's funny. The thing was so smooth, and it's and it is slower. It? It's slower in the eighth of mile, but. Like I say, it was where I could drive with one hand, not to, to say that's what I should do, but I mean, I could take my hand off the wheel, my right hand off the wheel and put up the parachute, uh, you know, to get ready because that's how smooth it was. It wasn't all over the track and I had to fight it left and right on the, you know, so it, man, it was, the car is good. But like I say, uh, modern racing, Anthony Long, my cousin, helps out. He, you know, he helps me out the most. He, he dialed the car in. He works the computer, um, PRS, Who's Your Tire, uh, Hank Thomas Performance, you know, helped me with the fuel. Um, I know I forget somebody. Like I said, Sandy Wilkins, Frank, freshened the motor up, done a great job on that. Yep. Um, FTI, got FTI, that's the FTI transmission. Um, you know, Greg helps me out, you know, if I was anything I need on transmission. Uh, um, well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this to all our listeners. If you see Derek uh, running, 
go go up to his guys. Like the, that whole crew is uh, one of the nicest groups you're ever going to find. That they'll answer any questions, but do not under any circumstance sit down and play poker with them. I heard they are mean poker players, and you do not want any part of that. <laughs> That's accurate, yeah, isn't cousin, it? <laughs> he plays a lot of poker. Yeah. Yeah, he plays a lot. He plays a lot of poker. I'm a spades man. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, uh, so. Well, talk us uh, talk us through this big weekend now. Like uh you you roll out, you're you're in Gainesville now after the big win, but um you had a nice little trip. You're like, hey, I'm gonna hit Orlando, then I'm hit Gainesville um for a nice trip down here. Tell us about how the whole weekend started and uh, like, did you have any clue at the beginning, like, hey, I, I got a shot at this thing? Well, I did have a clue, but I told myself, I've been to this track, Orlando, twice. And I run it up twice. First one was to, was to Sandy Wilkins. Uh, second one was to Jackie Robinson. And and I said, I got to get a win. I mean, <laughs> I mean, two run-ups, that's, I, mean, I got to get something better and run it up. And I told myself, and I, I just kept telling myself that, and – and it worked out for me. I mean, not say it was easy. I mean, all my everybody I went, ran up against was pretty hard, especially when you're trying to judge somebody coming in from behind them, uh, running 30 or 40 miles an hour faster than them. You're coming up on them pretty fast, so you got to make a fast decision, not make a decision as I go by them. But uh, but you know, I told myself that, and I and I was able to start, I was able to get down off my back. You know, I got two wins and. In Florida, you know, at two different tracks, so that you know that felt good too. So yeah, yeah um, for sure. But the weekend, the way it, you know it went, you know, I, you know, I start, you know, started out with, um, trying to slow the car down. The car was way too fast, and I think we only got three runs on it, um, and and uh, time trials, not time trials, but. Uh, uh, time runs. We just make yeah, not qualifying, but trying to uh, and testing. We only got three hits on it, and one hit it was too fast. The next hit it was even faster, uh, and we we was taking stuff away like it was like we was going backwards, taking power away from the car, and and it liked that. Then we tried one more time, and which it got dark, so we didn't get a lot of good numbers, but we got we got pretty close. So next morning we thought it was pretty close. We come out. First qualifying, and I won a six nine no six twenty one. So we said we're on the right track. I mean, we may have slowed down a little too much, but with the weather coming around and not changing thing, you see which way the car went. It went all the way down to a uh, six eleven, you know, close to a six ten, uh, getting out of it. But um, so we got that and um, worked out. Then we went into first round elimination. We had three qualify hits. You know, it rained one day and got one one day. So, next day, we had to dial the car, and I had Don Pierce the first round, and uh, I can't even remember what he was dialed the first round, but I ran up on him pretty fast, and it was a double breakout. I think he broke out 13, I broke out 8, you know, which I'm, and I was on the shoots behind him, not not knowing I was going to break out, but I, I did break out. Um, then I believe second round, uh, my man, I think he went red. Uh, the guy I had, I can't remember who I had the second round, uh, the third, you know, he said he went red. So I ran all the way through and I think I went a 20, I believe I went a 622. It got a little hotter out there. Then, then I had third round, I had Brandon, uh, Brandon Miller, which he, uh, it was funny. We was talking and he was, before that we was, man, he was joking up there and he said, what about dialing his car? And I said, I told him what to dial. So the next round I had him, I said, are you going to ask me what to dial it now? I, I said, I'll go ahead and dial it for you. He said, no, no, no. He said, I said, look, this dial is seven flat. <laughs> he said, no, no. So he didn't, uh, I think he ended up dialing a 703. He broke out five numbers, which, um, you know, I kind of let him go down there because when I ran up on him, I think we were pretty close on the tree. Um, and... I kind of turned him loose down there at the at the last minute because I mean I ran up on him. I mean I didn't want to break out, but uh, he broke out five numbers, so that uh, that worked out for me. And then this is where I got some a lot of luck right here because one thing about Orlando running quarter mile, you can't see down there. Everybody can tell you, you can't see down there. It's not a lot of light at right. finish line, so I'm trying yep. to drive a strike and I had Jeff Marinick 
and he put me in the left lane. So that that was a disadvantage. Being at night, I'm having to look across my car, look across my car, look for his car, which his car is dark, and, and I'm running into the dark. But he made, you know, I was able, I guess, to make him make a mistake because he gave it back to me. He gave me, you know, I pulled the shoots because I couldn't see once I thought I got close enough, and he let me back around him. So that was a give me round because he really had me. He really had me uh, killed there because he was 10, on, 11 on the tree, and I think I was 40. I missed the tree. And he had me killed, but he, he gave it back to me. So yeah. I, I couldn't believe it when the light, when the light came on my lamp. I said, <laughs> wow. I, I, mean, I couldn't believe it because I said, man, I, I tried to look over his light to make sure his didn't come on too. I said, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, Jeff was a good racer, so – I mean, everybody make mistakes, so he, he knew what he had done and everything. So um, then the last round, I had uh, Kristen Quadro, yep. and I watched Kristen the round before that in front of me. He was in the left lane. He left. I believe his man went red. He left and broke the ties loose. So I'm already at, I was already watching that. So when the next round would come up, and we decided, he said, what lane you want? I said, I'll take right, but if you want the right, too, we'll flip for it. So he, uh, he said, I'll take left. So I kind of knew he was going to break the tires loose. It was just knowing when he was going to break them loose. Because ah. he just had broke them loose. The track hadn't gotten no better. No, and it had no. got cooler. I mean, unless, only, you know, so I took him. Um, he left, and I could see him. He got loose over there. And I went by him, but then I got loose out there and the car was all across the track and it's, I, I could see that I was going toward the center line. I said, oh, I can't go across the center line. If I do, I'm disqualified. So I'm trying to get the car, keep it, then get back into just enough just to, just to get across that line. Cause I said, if he correct this thing and get back in it, he going to go around me. So I don't know. He never came around. I never seen him no more. So that, that worked out for me. I mean, that the last round was not pretty. Uh, but I think you got this one away. I think you, you know, a couple things there. I thought you know you and Jeff Melnick running in that semifinal was a was a great race because Jeff was, you know, had a great race car all weekend, and I kind of thought oh, yeah, whoever whoever won that round really is in the driver's seat for to win this whole thing, and and that's ended up what happened. But the other thing that I think kind of helped you a little bit was that uh, both of Kutra's brothers were in the final of Pro Stock then. So, so they were, yep. you know, they were working, you know, getting ready for that. They, had they not, they might have made an adjustment or something uh, because they would have had extra help. But they were, they were busy with their own stuff. So that was a heck of a weekend for the Kudra family for sure. Um, oh yeah, but, oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you know, in the final, then the track was um, about at its end, right? And um, so it was you, about. Yeah. I think the track might be fifty degrees. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was cool, it was, and yeah, it was rough to get down at that point, but. Uh, yeah, that was it. Was a heck of a weekend. It, I thought the biggest thing you overcame, and um, you know, I th- if I remember, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember Saturday morning, uh, your run, you were you were uh, running like a six nineteen, I think is what it was, and then by the time by the time you got to the final, the the density altitude had dropped to I think negative four hundred fifty. Yeah, it was like four fifty yeah, or about something. Negative four hundred. And so, <laughs> you, so you had to work because I mean that that car probably would have been on an uh, 07 or an 08 by that point, and so you you had to do a little oh, yeah. work prior to the final just to make sure you didn't go too fast. Yeah, I had to pull uh, more time and I had to call on top end to slow it down because this the car is already pulling hard on top end, so. That's why I was running to my promise. So I took and um, had Anthony to pull. Cause when I went to the airport and left, so I had Anthony to pull two more degrees out of the uh, out of the car to help out. And plus, I saw some humidity there, and that was getting. Like I told you, uh, alcohol don't like that, so that was gonna help out too. But yeah, that that two degrees helped out even more. So, because um, other than that, I would have been probably about a six. 08, 607, 608, uh, and I've been holding a bunch of numbers. So, yeah, I mean, when you when um, uh, when it uh, changes where the air you know changes over uh, you know it's over a thousand foot that it moved in that one day. I mean, it was a it was a lot of yeah. action to deal with. So nicely done, um, and congrats on getting the big check, Thanks. the ten grand check. I mean, that was 
it was a heck of a race, and for and to you to get it all done was was really really impressive, Derek. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Uh, you're uh, quite welcome. You earned it. Uh, I know you're in Gainesville right now. Um, you're dodging some alligators right now. Um, what's uh, <laughs> what's what's on tap for the rest of the season for you? What's your schedule look like? Well, I was only gonna run a. It's called how I do here. But if I do pretty good in Gainesville, I'm going to probably run I, – I plan on running uh, Gainesville, Charlotte, Virginia, and possibly Atlanta. Um, they moved to Atlanta race. And, but if I can do good here this weekend, I'm going to probably go ahead and start running some divisionals. But I'm, I'm definitely running PDRA, uh, all their races, as long as they don't uh, interfere with uh, NHRA and – PRA don't interfere. Some of the races may be on top of each other, but I can make them up. I can make them up somewhere else. So, yeah. Hopefully, that and uh, um, you know, like I said, I didn't even plan on running the door slammers, but I got the car back, got the motor back together, and um, and went from there. Also, I got to give one more thanks out to my my painter and this guy uh, Daryl Kygo, WYO Racing the Rod. He helps me out with everything. Anything I need, paint, repaint the doors for me. Uh, you know, he made some stuff inside the car. I got to make sure I don't leave him out. He he does a lot of and then welding, anything I need on the car, he does that too. So I had to make sure I put him in there. Yeah, he painted the car and everything. Well, it's a me. it's a great looking car, um, and you know, obviously um, that uh, that dark brown that you've got matches, you know. Um, it, your name and how you run like that, but and I would never guess, but it's a great looking car. You know, like I'm not very good with color Thank schemes, you. but man, it is really a pretty car. Yeah, I have been changing. I don't change that color scheme and wrapped it and everything about three, three or four times. That car has been white. <laughs> it's been another car, gray, blue, red, and then it was a wrap. And then I, then I got this. It's probably the last one I uh, paint scheme I leave on. I like it. Well, man, don't uh, change it, it if you're winning. It. Do not no, change if you win. I don't want to change nothing. <laughs> I don't want to change nothing but the oil. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, keep it rolling. Derek, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, really enjoyed uh, Thank you. talking with you today. We wish you well for the rest of the season, and uh, congrats on on being the 2021 Door Slammer Nationals Top Sportsman Champ. Thank you. Thank you very much. I thank everybody that called and texted and, and um, emailed and everything. I couldn't get back to everybody, but I was, so everybody knew I appreciate everything they they did. Came by, congratulate me, and everything. So, and I might let some people out, but no, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody. Like you know, I want to make sure I always could I always do if I go down the track as I pray, and it, and always it works out for me, it helps me out, and I want to make sure. I, and I you know I thank God because he he's always there for me. No matter what, about nobody else being there, he's always there for me. So I want to make sure I thank God because he keeps me safe and he kept everybody else safe at the track. I make sure I pray for me and all the competitors, racers at the track. So I want to make sure I never leave God out. Yeah, that, no, no doubt. You, you said it, uh, said it very, very well. Um, hey, everybody, that is Derek Brown. If you need him. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. For all your high-powered legal needs, get to DragRaceLawyer.com. Ed Harney can help you all things legal. He's a drag racer. He knows you. He knows how you operate, and he is there to protect you at DragRaceLawyer.com. Um, all right, first of all, let's go to Gainesville, Florida. The Baby Gators, the NHRA Division II event there. They held top sportsman and top dragster, and they did it really well. There were 30 cars that lined up in top dragster. 18 of those cars went 625 or better. So um, that, that was a nice show that way. And your number one qualifier was J.R. Baxter. He goes 610 with a zero. A perfect minimum run there. It could not have gone a thou quicker uh, without getting 
disqualified. He goes 228 miles an hour for the top spot. So nicely done, JR. Uh, that is really nice. Um, but your winner, uh, Ross Larice over Mike Coughlin in the final. And this was a great race. So Ross is dialed 610. Mike Coughlin dialed 614. Ross is 17 on the tree to Mike's 27. And at the stripe, it is Ross Larice by 8 thou. He goes 611, 8 on a 610 dial to Coughlin's 615, 6 on his 14 dial. And that is a win uh, for Ross Larice and his second consecutive Baby Gator top dragster Wally. So really impressive. Ross is, uh, you know, obviously feels very, very comfortable in Gainesville. It was a heck of a final, but uh, congrats to Ross Larice for his second in a row Baby Gator top dragster Wally. On the top sportsman side, there were 26 cars. And your number one qualifier was John Benoit. He takes that 15 Corvette and he goes 651 at 210 miles an hour for the top spot. But in the final, it's Ron Regal over Doug Gerber. Gerber had a healthy reaction time advantage, but just took too much stripe in the breakout. Uh, so Regal gets the win, and that is his second Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series Wally. So congrats to him. Uh, these cars, man, it is hard to look over in the other lane at that speed and with that little window that is available. Um, it seems like easy to tighten up. I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the the data here, the numbers, and it would seem easy to tighten that up. But the ex execution really is where the gold is found with these things, not in the idea. And it is much much harder. Uh, to do than just to say so um you know in that situation i mean it ended up being a great race and congrats to both winners ross Re release and john ron regal in there for the wins there um now moving on to the world door slammer nationals um drag illustrated jeg c-tech all those guys put on a phenomenal show um in top sportsman there were 28 cars they were going for 10 stacks, and the number one qualifier was Cheyenne Stanley. He goes 615 with a four, uh, but had some issues um, and couldn't uh, couldn't make it to round one. But he was your number qualifier, number one qualifier. You know that twin turbo car. Uh, but your winner was Derek Brown. Ultimately, he collects the big check. You heard him break it down round by round, um, and it really was a tremendous. Tremendous event, so I won't uh, beat that up any more than what we've already talked about it. But uh, you heard the round by round action by your winner, and man, that was just a great event. The final was, uh, man, there was tension. There was uh, uh, just a, a really a lot of. Um, it was just great racing at the end of that night on Sunday night at the uh, at the SeaTac World Slammer Door Slammer Nationals. So. Um, nicely done to everybody put that on and congrats to Derek Brown for getting that victory next week I'll bring you the results from the national event in Gainesville uh, by NHRA they are contesting both top sportsmen and top dragster there and we will talk about the winners from the Gator Nationals whoa let's get out of the groove for a minute and just talk the World Door Slammer Nationals that just was held at Orlando that I had a front row seat for. Um, and I really cannot say enough good things about this event that Wes Buck, uh, Nate Van Wagnen, Lonnie Grimm, and the crew did to put that on. Um, it was absolutely an amazing event. Um, it was entirely first class from top to bottom. And all of the classes there were near and dear to my heart. So, you know, C-Tech, uh, Jegs, Drag Illustrated, they just put on a phenomenal show. So if you did not know, um, the classes that were held there were Pro Stock, Pro Mod, Pro 632, Top Sportsman, Stock Super Stock, Comp Eliminator, and then some import classes that uh, I'll talk about here in a second. Um, first of all, the pro stock guys got down 
for 75 stacks. They don't get to race for that type of gur all year long unless they would potentially win the, the whole series. So these guys, to be able to come out a week before the season really takes off in Gainesville, it was a big deal. These guys were uh, working very hard, trying to put on a show, and in the end, the Kudra family was uh, was just fantastic. Uh, both of their Mustangs in the final, very, very impressive. Uh, first of all, we don't see two Mustangs in a final very often, and they did it, and then to have two brothers going at it, it was a good time for the Kudra family that weekend in Orlando. So nicely done. Um, good to see some new names popping up, too, in the pro stock ranks. Um, sad to see some familiar names go. Obviously, Jason Line and, and Jeggy taking a step back this year. So um, that will be, uh, you know, be interesting to see how, how that all shakes out. But uh, also then the pro mod guys, man, for 50 grand, they let it all hang out as well. Um, it was it was great stuff. We'll talk a little bit more about the pro mod guys here in a minute, but uh, man, just to see those guys come out and and really do their thing, which is uh, with all the different power adders and everything. I mean, it, it was just very an impressive show. The pro six thirty two stuff I don't get to see nearly enough of for my liking um, here in Indiana, but I really do I really do like that that uh, those guys got those six thirty twos with one kits running. You know, uh, four teens in the eighth. It's it's really impressive show, and uh, everybody who made that happen, congrats to you guys. Uh, on the top sportsman side, you know, I mean, when when uh, there's ten thousand dollars on the line, that is that is a little bit unique for our class. Um, Twenty eight cars showed up and really made the class look great. Uh, there are some there are some beautiful cars on the property, some great runs, and um, I couldn't be prouder to just uh, watch those guys in the final do their thing. Uh, stock super stock was uh, fun to watch as well. Uh, comp eliminator got a little juice there from Erica Ender's winning the comp eliminator uh, category. So I'm not sure if we'll have to find out if she's going to run that the rest of the season or not, but. Um, she uh, pulled double duty and got it done in comp eliminator. So congrats to her. Um, and then the import guys. Um, wow. Um, those crazy turbo rotaries going 660s on an 80-inch wheelbase is flat awesome. I mean, it is. they are zinging that thing up and taking off, and they're absolutely just a wild ride, man. Like the, you know, we try to have longer wheelbases for stability, and they seem to go about it the exact opposite way. I think just primarily for fun. I'm not sure, but those things put on an absolute show. Um, and you wouldn't want me getting anywhere near a rotary machine, but those things are bad and uh, sound awesome. And uh, man, it was just a fun show to watch. Um, Outside of that, man, um, because it wasn't very far, I did get to the Don Garlitz Drag Racing Museum. I had always wanted to see it, um, and it did not disappoint. I mean, sometimes, you know, you you see things um, on TV or whatever. It might be you hear about them, and you think, oh, a museum, that's great. And you have this thing in your head where it's going to be completely awesome because, you know, it's just really what you're into or whatever. And you get there and you're a little disappointed. That is not how it goes down at uh, Don Garlitz Museum. It was awesome. It is three three buildings full of cars and history. And and um, it just didn't disappoint. It was, it was so good. Um, I truly and truly enjoyed it. And then uh, there was a guy, Kent, who's the head of maintenance there, gave me some added detail on a few cars. Um, and I would highly recommend finding Kent when you go and listen to him spin the yarn about the time when Big Daddy saved his own life by going out to eat. Um, it was uh, truly amazing stuff. And for me, it was a bucket list item checked. So thanks to everybody. Thanks to the, uh, you know, the, the Drag Illustrated, SeaTech, Jegs, 
World Door Slammer Nationals crew for putting that show on. And thanks to the Don Garlitz Drag Racing Museum, I had a heck of a weekend. As we hit the mile per hour cone, we have to talk about Khalid Alabushi, who made the quickest run in the history of Pro Mod with a pass of 5.613 seconds at 254.76 miles per hour. I should say in NHRA trim with that, but uh, it was flat out awesome. The final against Alex Laughlin Sunday night at the SeaTech Manufacturing World Door Slammer Nationals uh, presented by Jegs and Drag Illustrated was absolutely awesome. Um, and I, I like the new rule. Um, it did not seem to affect any of these guys at all that they have to now shift by themselves. That's a new rule for ProMod for 2021. Uh, they don't just get to uh, put it in drive and let go. I mean, I don't. I didn't see any changes. I didn't see any stumbles from any of those guys. I'm not sure if it really changed. We'll have to get one of those guys on and talk with them a little bit about that. But for 50 Gur, along with the new world record in the final, under the lights on a beautiful Sunday evening in Orlando. It was a perfect run. It was absolutely awesome. Um, and, you know, um, here's my thing. I mean, I don't I don't know about this. I hope this isn't the case. But, you know, at those speeds, at 250 plus, I would think it's only a matter of time before the association pulls this class back to 1,000 foot to maintain some sort of livability both in terms of safety and parity. Uh, now that the Pro Chargers have gained acceptance into Pro Mod, keeping parity on the Mount Rushmore of Power Adders, the Nitrous Turbos, Superchargers, and Blowers, is not an easy task. Um, all of those combos make great power in their own way. Uh, but it is keeping on top of all those is a little rough. In Khalid Alabushi's case, he takes that pro charger right to the top. And man, it was unbelievable. So uh, good for him. I think that it'll, uh, it'll be interesting in how this all shakes out with different, uh, you know, different rules that every power adder will, will have to have. But but um, man, that that uh, pro charger seemed to absolutely work this weekend. So um, either way, uh, keep it up, boys. That class is a bunch of fun, and um, it, I was excited to uh, to witness history um, on Sunday night. All right, let's bring this thing back in as we take the stripe here. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it. Okay, we got it. We got it. We took the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. Um, it is time to pull the shoots on episode number 64. And let's look up. There it is. There's the wind light. And Gloria, of course. Hey, we had, we had a great week this week. Um, first of all, of course, we had no more Roadster talk. We didn't do that, so that's good. Um, we talked historic moments in drag racing. We talked museums. And we talked some other just really, really good stuff that is happening in the sport. So great time today and this week. We also had Derek Brown. He is your World Door Slammer Nationals Top Sportsman Champ. He came on and um, really appreciate him doing that. That was cool stuff. Um, and then, you know, um, for next week, it's going to be even better. But if you want to get at me, if you have comments, questions, or curse words for me, you know there are three ways to do it. You can get at me on the Facebook page using Messenger. You can find me on TikTok, just like Ross Gregory did. And you can use the email fastbrackets at outlook.com. Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe.
man, this was a great weekend, drag racing. I sure enjoyed that trip. That was awesome. Uh, how about that Derek Brown? That car was flying. Dude, yeah, we had a we had a nice trip. Um, you know, of course the weather was great. We saw a bunch of drag racing and then our guy Derek Brown, my man, he goes uh, you know, almost the fastest car in the property if, um, you know, from a top sportsman standpoint and then goes and collects the big check doing it in style. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a great opportunity to meet some of the the players, the names and the faces uh um, just, you know, it was a great time for me. Uh, great experience. Yeah. I mean, uh, we can't promise that every weekend, Chris, but, uh, you know, we can't, we can't also promise that you're going to get, go to, uh, you know, the drag racing, uh, museum every weekend. But, uh, yeah, this weekend worked. Yeah. Big daddy's museum was pretty cool. Uh, I was just amazed getting to see the, uh, swamp rat, I guess one through 34 or 35, um, they were all there. And, and just to get to see how they change over the years, that was pretty amazing. All the safety equipment that came out because uh, they just had to solve this problem or that problem. And and uh, that was pretty exciting stuff. It's it's really interesting. What I never realized, and, you know, obviously uh, Big Daddy is a dragster guy, you know, well known for creating the rear engine dragster. But what I didn't realize I thought was really cool was his first race car was a 36 Ford. And being more of a door car guy myself, I was fascinated with his first race car. I thought that was just phenomenal. And I, you know, maybe I should have known, but uh, I hadn't seen or heard of that much. Just obviously doesn't get the notoriety that Swamp Rats do. Yeah. Uh, and then to start the whole weekend off, an epic weekend, uh, just had a blast uh, to see those top fuelers down there Ooh. in West Palm go fast. That was awesome. Yeah, and uh, it, that that's great that the fuel cars were you know putting on a show. But then what I didn't realize was was that West Palm Beach has a, essentially a um, you know a top sportsman, top dragster um, show. They have they do a sixteen car qualified field. And that's a part of a series at West Palm Beach, and and I think I thought that was really really cool. So just to see those as well, obviously that that spoke to my heart, Chris. It sure did. 